Hi, welcome to Story Guts, where the stories we tell tell no. about us. Where we explore what the stories we tell tell about us. Oh my god. You almost god. got it. See, here's the thing. We we had a good take and then my microphone started acting up. So we had to discard that take. We had to throw that take right in the garbage. And I mean, it wasn't that good of a take. <laughs> and also we still have not said our names. Oh just so you know. Yeah, I'm Alice Lai. I'm Molly Curran. <laughs> and welcome to Story Guts. Um, our topic this week is zombies. And So, you may be thinking, <laughs> but Alice and Molly, didn't you just do Resurrection, where you probably mentioned zombies at some point? And didn't you just do Post-Apocalypse, where I know you talked about The Walking Dead for a long time? <laughs> and the answer to both of those questions is yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> However, absolutely. um... Hopefully this week we'll, um, you know, be getting into some new stuff with regard to zombies. Um, and it just seemed right to close out our sort of, um, you know, vampire, werewolf. Uh, robots. Ninjas. We did not do a robots episode yet. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but vampire, werewolf, zombie feels like a, a clean sort of trio. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's very important that we we uh, we we finish out zombies. It's kind of. Uh, the big elephant in the room that we haven't done a zombie episode and I agree that it peripherally seems like it has a lot to do with um, resurrections but I believe uh, thankfully we actually cleared it right up in the resurrection episode that resurrection was for cool people and zombies are for bad people okay but here's the thing a lot of new zombie media, like, the zombies aren't sort of mindless monsters. They're, like, people with personalities and... Um, and you know. insatiable cravings. Uh, yeah, I, I get it. Like, they're... But it's like, aren't they basically vampires with a different diet at that point? You know what? That's actually kind of true. Um I think that's not a, a bad point. I mean, I also think it just speaks to our sort of changing um, changing priorities. Like, I feel like um, The Walking Dead kind of did. Like, okay, there's your spooky vampire. Or <laughs> spooky. <laughs> I about said werewolf. Dead. Zombie. Mm -hmm. uh, you're, you know, you're like scary zombies with like the gruesome effects. And probably, you know, some of those zombie movies did as well. I never really saw any of those. Mm -hmm. Um but it kind of like hit a peak and then people kind of had to start thinking about something else. So we started getting zombies with, you know, a conscience and, and a mind and thoughts and mm -hmm. personality um, because people liked zombies. But the, you know, most obvious thing in the world is the fact that zombies, as they are in The Walking Dead, are not very interesting in and of themselves. Mm -hmm. um, they're interesting because they put our characters into difficult situations but no one's like hmm i really wonder what's going on like psychologically 
with that zombie over there. Right. It's like, does it miss its zombie friends? Um, <laughs> does it have a zombie job? Does it? Did it give up its zombie dreams to pursue a steady zombie income? Like, right. So we have the vampire. Like we have this idea of like vampires as like working stiffs, like literally, haha. Uh, but the zombie zombies haven't really gotten that treatment. I think it's kind of. Uh, people have gotten uncomfortable about the way you know. It's it's like zombies are very clearly um, like a metaphor for the unwashed immigrating. Like you know, it's like a weird like pseudo, you arguably racist metaphor for immigration fears. I think that's right. I think it's I think it's a metaphor for other things too, depending on the context. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, not not solely, definitely. Um, yeah. I, um, but yeah, I mean, I think the, the zombies, sort of like the, the hordes of mindless zombies who just come and sort of destroy America. Um, yeah, it doesn't really feel like a subtle, uh, <laughs> take. I mean, you know, what, maybe they're meant to be like communists or, mm-hmm. um, whatever it was when zombie media sort of started coming to, um, what I find really fascinating is, and I think this is like one of the, this is what I would say is, like, my personal, like, oh, like, zombies are starting to become a thing, is World War Z, um, which was during high school, so that'd be, like, in the early, like, the late 2000s, so, like, 2008 or ish, mm-hmm. um, which is, like, details, it's, like, a faux historical document detailing uh, the first zombie war, hence the term. Um, and at, at one point I do distinctly remember, like, they build a wall to keep the zombies out, but the wall fails. Um, there's a, oh man, China Mieville has an incredible talk about, and this is diverging a bit, but I think it's worth mentioning, uh, about walls and zombies and, like, and walls and monsters. And he says that the function of a wall in fiction, um, and the function of a wall not in general um is both as protection but also as like a focal point for the future event when the wall is breached um no wall exists without the concept of the wall falling uh which is you know obviously when when he was talking about it, he was talking about Donald Trump's wall but he's also talking about like uh perimeter walls against zombies or like walls against monsters it's that the wall on game of thrones the, oh yeah for sure okay yeah thank you um the obvious one the wall on game of thrones absolutely it's that uh the image like you know the wall as like the impregnable fortress but the wall as like uh, uh like a standing monument to the like standing anxiety monument to the moment when that wall will fail um when that wall will be breached, when um, this preventative... Because, like, fundamentally, it's a method that is not... It's not a permanent method. It is not a method of so- solving what lies beyond the wall. It is a it is a delaying mechanism. Um, so, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I think... I think... Anyways, so... To... No, I think that's... I think that's exactly right. Yeah. Um, and I think you, you do see that in sort of the more standard um zombie media like uh like the walking dead where um you know basically every season revolves around like what community do they end up in that has some sort of structure around it that's meant to protect them that will eventually fail so Mm -hmm. you know 
at one point they're in a prison, <laughs> but like <laughs> that gets breached and they're in a walled community and that gets breached. Um, mm-hmm. And so it's, it's just the, the kind of, at least where I left off on The Walking Dead, it was just like the constant search for a place to temporarily be safe mm-hmm. um, before something calamitous happened and then you had to move and find somewhere else safe. Right. It, yeah, it's, I mean, you know, let's, you know, taking a look at it from an academic perspective, it's just so clearly um, man's fear of being impregnated, of <laughs> the man's fear of empreg. Um oh my God. Man versus Empreg is one of the the classic um, man versus man, man versus machine, man versus nature, and man versus manpreg, or empreg as academics in the know call it. Uh, so <laughs> um, that got away from me, but yes, it did. Um, <laughs> but back to zombies. Um, I mean, so yeah, I think you're you're completely right in this idea of zombies as. Um, this sort of foreign invader. So, like, breaking down the walls is this sort of, like, invasion. Um, and it's something the zombies are increasingly, right? Like, the fear is that the zombies have some sort of virus, some sort of mm-hmm. disease, um, which is just... The the medicalization of zon- zombies, which I think I've probably brought up multiple times because I just think it's really uh, oh, yeah. an interesting turn. Um and I think I, that's speaking to, alongside sort of the xenophobia and the racism, it's speaking to this, like, deep fear of contagion, which mm-hmm. is obviously related to that, um, as well as, um, you know, I think specific types of illness. So, um, like, I really think, like, for instance, the television show iZombie has based its zombie virus on HIV, and that's very interesting and right. not the ex- best idea. Extremely historicized. Um Oh, I mean, I think, I mean, you know, if there is an episode to dig into that, this is it, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, because, I I mean, I think that the idea of the medicalization of zombies is extremely fascinating um, because there was, like, before, actually, actually, no, Here, here's what I meant to say about World War Z. Um, in addition to all the wall stuff, it was, like, kind of the first novel to medicalize zombies. Mm. Um, it was the first one. You know, and I think it was interesting because post-World War Z, um, you know, a lot of people kind of jokingly, not jokingly, had their own zombie survival plan. World War Z, like, proposed a future where there, a zombie virus was, you know, hypothetically a real thing. And before that, it was very much like the realm of fantasy. It was the realm of uh, a necromancer meddling around with corpses or... Um, you know, a cursed graveyard that was built upon uh, a ma- you know an ancient you know the quote unquote Native American burial ground or whatever um, pet cemetery, right? Like it was it was just sort of like uh, you done fucked with the dead and now they're here to kill you. Um, versus this uh, vision of infrastructural or like versus this vision of like right like you said like decay of overburdened infrastructure of like of this um and like if not uh sort of this unsavory immigration metaphor um at least a a sounding board for fantasies about like you know uh beating back the sheeple or whatever like this like <laughs> i am 
I am smart and unique and you're trying to eat my brain. Like, you know, it's a very, it's not, it's not a soup, like a, you know, it's very obvious where it's going, right? Like, like I have the smarts, I have the wits, like I prepared for the zombie apocalypse and you didn't, Stacy. Um, so <laughs> like, look who, you know, and, and, you know, the Chad Josh McWorthington, the school jock didn't either, um, it's fat. I mean, man, zombies are such a like a a broad canvas to project our personal and cultural insecurities upon. Yeah, I think that's right, and I do think the the you sort of mentioned this briefly, but the um the the sort of nerd fantasy power fantasy part of it is something we've kind of talked about before with other genres. Um, but I also think sort of just the genre crossing of of this of zombies um which i think we've seen with a lot of different um you know monsters but Mm -hmm. i think like we have not for the most part seen you know vampires translate into science fiction um i think i know there are exceptions but like yeah yeah. not sort of main things or like werewolves like no um Mm -hmm. but but zombies fit into a science fiction universe like pretty well um because of this sort of common um agreement about this the idea of the medicalization of the of the zombie virus um mm-hmm. and you know maybe even sort of like frankensteinian throwbacks to this idea of like science run amok which is the cause of right because it's often like the, the zombie virus is often man-made, right? That's that's yeah. like a common trope as well. So mm-hmm. it is sort of harkening back to this um, science fiction fear of what science can do, the yeah. horror it can bring about. And I and I think sort of jumping on and jumping on that point is that you're right. Like it's usually man-made, and what's interesting is that it's not even necessarily springing from gmo stuff a lot of this a lot of the times i've seen zombies referenced in fiction it's either uh like a cold war virus gone like you know a cold war era what not gone horribly wrong or um or like a terrorist organization or like a you know skunk work cia project that accidentally escaped containment um, right, it's, it's like it starts as like chemical warfare or something, right? Um, yeah, which I think speaks very much to our fear of that as well. Yeah, yeah, and I think I think the the thing that I find fascinating about this is that it's um, it's very reflects. It's like if it points the finger at humanity as a whole. It's kind of um, a very similar to nuclear annihilation in that respect. You know, which we talked about on our apocalypse episode. Mm -hmm. Um, in that, like, it's not, you know, the idea of a zombie apocalypse is not that, you know, like, whoopsies, like, you know, we, this just happened. Um, Mm -hmm. it's always like, we just got like too damn big for our britches. Um, we thought, you know, or, or that like humanity, I mean, okay. So this is an interesting thing I just sort of arrived at is that this idea that humanity does not like... It, like does humanity deserve to live or or necessary like there's a point where humanity collectively has to pay the piper mm-hmm. um i mean i think li- that definitely harkens back to what we were talking about in the apocalypse episode the sort of like fantasy of um everything just kind of finally 
evening out or sort of like mm-hmm. you don't have to worry about um all this other stuff because like the end is coming though i think the the zombie right it's usually sort of this slow creeping thing which is why um you get more of the post-apocalyptic um stuff yeah but mm-hmm. you know there's sort of a sense of um i mean i remember watching the first season of the walking dead and in it there's a moment where several of the characters choose to just kill themselves basically um mm-hmm. and i was like yeah i get that <laughs> and like the same with sort of nuclear whatever i'm like you know if it's really as bad as it is in mad max like i don't think i want to be there <laughs> <laughs> um so you know maybe it's a, a different fantasy for a different person the survivalist and the person who just wants everything to be done mm-hmm. um because, like, really, when it comes to thinking through the zombie stuff, like, I feel like we've kind of thought our way through a lot of the um, the kind of classic ideas. So I am kind of more interested in, like, thinking about the turn in zombie media where we're getting zombie romance, where we're getting, um, you know, zombie psychological drama. <laughs> um, <laughs> and what that's doing um Mm -hmm. you know are we is this a humanization of the other is this um appropriation of other metaphor like i don't know like Uh um so the the examples i'm thinking of right now are um the british show in the flesh and Mm -hmm. then um the cw show i zombie um and then i think there was also a, a book slash movie called warm bodies which was like oh yeah zombie romance where like love brought him to life i don't know i shouldn't i shouldn't judge what it was about based on a trailer right yeah i've only seen the trailer and um it is absolutely like it was a starts out off a regular zombie but a woman's enduring love causes his heart to beat again which is like a very that's not how zombies work no they're like they're like decaying um, I mean, yeah, well, see, but, uh, like, the things I'm talking about, they're not decaying. Like, mm-hmm. in In the Flesh, so, In the Flesh, a bunch of people rise from the dead for no reason, really. Like, nobody knows why it happened. The show <laughs> maybe was going to get into it eventually, but it got canceled, so, boo. Mm-hmm. Um, and the main character is this, um, you know, young man. He's he's gay. He was closeted. He um, He had committed suicide was actually how he died. But now mm-hmm. he's back, and he's got sort of, like, another chance at life. Yeah, um, a new lease on life. Right. And so, like, a lot of it, it's, you know, it's a it's a drama, but a lot of it is sort of him coming to sort of, like, understand, or his parents kind of coming to understand him because they're so happy to have him back, um, and him sort of, like, figuring out his love life and his friendships, and, you know, he... But also dealing with, like, this societal um, prejudice prejudice because zombies um, do sort of attack people when they're not receiving their, like, medication. And so it's, like, basically there's a medication that you can take, that you're, like, legally required to take um, so that you don't go, like, full zombie. Um, Mm -hmm. And, like, a lot of people also, like, wear makeup and dye their hair and... Um, and that's because when you're formerly a zombie, it's like you have like white pupils and your, is your hair also white or is your, it looks light at least I think, well, 
I don't know. Maybe not. I'm Because the main character's blonde, so I'm, like, kind of have that in my head. But actually, I think their hair doesn't get dark. But they're, like, they get really <laughs> pale, and their, yeah, their eyes, mostly it's the eyes that are freaky. Their eyes get, like, white. So they, like, uh-huh. wear contacts and, um... That's an interesting idea, like the idea of like clocking a zombie. Um, yeah. Um, I mean, this this comes up in iZombie as well, where they also talk about like tanning and dying because their hair does go white. Um, oh, okay. I thought I thought it was just um, I thought they were normal except they like they can only taste spicy stuff. No. So the in iZombie, the premise of iZombie is that um, the zombies arise from some bizarre combination of this like super energy drink like red bull max is not it's called like um mega i don't remember what it's called ultimate horny master yeah it's like super intense whatever mixed with something else and it like results in this like zombie virus that spread um through scratch through i mean bite um uh, through sex. Yep. Lu- Even if you're wearing say. a condom, which is they should not. And uh, interesting. What yeah. a, what a w- interesting parallel we're discovering across yeah. all these properties. Um, but so in that one, like people don't know about zombies at first. Um, so some zombies like wear um, are stealth. Yeah, they're stealth. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And some, well, they are. They all are, but some sort of try to. Um, you know, they wear the makeup and stuff so they look the same. The main character, she looks very different than she did before, but everyone thinks she's just kind of, like, going through a weird emo phase. Um, because uh-huh. she, like, dumps her fiancé and becomes, she was, like, a doctor, but now she becomes, like, a morgue attendant, um, so she can get access to brains. Oh, because yep. they're basically normal people, sort of, um, as long as they have a, have a steady supply of brains. Um, mm-hmm. and they also and the whole... have visions based on the brains that they eat. A lot happens. I saw them right. wild. I really enjoy it, but it is wild. Yeah, I remember. Okay, thanks for the, uh, thanks for the recap because I do remember. Yeah, like the the whole like you get visions of the brain she and so she like she like solves murders. She solves by, like, murder eating... by eating murder victims' brains. And then, like, eventually there's, man, I just, like, this is all gleaned from headlines, but, like, eventually there's, like, a plot with, like, one of the villains wants to, like, kill and eat an astronaut's brain so that he can experience what it's like to, like, go to space. Yeah, so. Or something. Yeah, one of the villains, like, opens, like, a, um, his, he has, like, a business, a brain business, um, and, like, he can sell more exciting brains for more money, like, <laughs> That mm-hmm. that honestly becomes a plot point, um, and right, yeah, it's 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 really interesting, um, like in part because bucks. he strategically turns like wealthy and powerful people in the city. Um, it takes place in Seattle. Um, I think. <laughs> uh, That's really funny for some but reason. To me. <laughs> turns like wealthy and powerful people in the city into zombies, so that they are um, beholden to him for their brain supply. It's like a pretty ingenious evil plan. Right. I mean, it's, it's like capitalism 101, right? You make your niche. Uh, so some some people, it's like iPhones, and some places, it's like uh, brain supply. Right. Exactly. Um, yeah, so it's, it's a really uh, strange show because it's taking 
it's still got this like zombie sci-fi plot there are Mm -hmm. in the current season there's like dystopian elements as well because there's kind of a uh militarized zombie government situation happening Um, zombie takeover like is yeah it's kind of like a zombie coup uh and um and then you've also got like the murder mystery side of things where it's just like a procedural where she that seems uh, tough to balance murders and then you also get the just weird plots of her having different personalities and different things going on every week because she's eating all these weird brains right um which so can't be healthy. It is a lot. And, like, the show sometimes nails the balance and sometimes doesn't. But it is a really fun, strange ride. <laughs> it's absolutely a ride is, is ultimately what you're saying. Um, <laughs> but aside from, like, recapping all of it, I, I think it's a really interesting turn that um, media is thinking through, like, okay, how can we cash in on this sort of zombie thing but do it in a in a more unexpected way like okay we're not going to be able to compete with the walking dead like it's kind of got that covered and then if we wanted to they came out with their spin-off fear the walking dead so they've like got it doubly covered (laughs) (laughs) so there's like yeah um no i mean i think this is really interesting because what what part of it one of the things that sort of came to mind as you were talking about um i zombie was this idea of like what do we do about, like, you know, going further from the, like, this is the post-zombie narrative. It's like, now that we have this genre-savvy audience, like, what mm-hmm. happens to a genre-savvy audience uh, when the zombies do happen? Or, like, we have, I mean, what's interesting about In the Flesh and I, Zombie, to me, of the things you talked about, was this, I was, the was like, the, the population at large understands what zombies are. Yeah. Um, no, like, that's, in, yeah, that's totally... Uh, no, go ahead. Sorry. Oh no, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's just sort of like um, the the facile reading is kind of like, oh, you know, it's uh, we're tired of zombie stories. Like we want, like people are done imagining, you know, what they would do in a zombie apocalypse scenario. So let's just sort of take the next logical step and look at, you know, a zombie uh, post zombie apocalypse society where things aren't, you know, where the zombies are solved. Or, you know, maybe not in iZombie's case. Um, but, like, in iZombie's case, I think that's that's a... Uh, I mean, zombies are sh- kind of... It's, like, kind of a solved problem. It's, like... Right. It's it's not necessarily that they're, like, rampaging through cities looking right. for brains. They're... Um, <laughs> I mean, it's, it is a reptilian situation where um, you have this in, invisible, like, or, like, pod people or whatever situation where you have this... Um, exploitative ruling class of zombies uh, eating the brains of the less fortunate or whatever. Right. I mean, though, at the same time, then you get the, like, flip situation where it's the zombies as the oppressed group. Right. Which, uh, which honestly... kind of, like, develops later. Um, mm-hmm. And it's kind of the current tension, right, is, like, are the zombies, like the oppressors or the oppressed and i was like i don't know that's maybe not like the most helpful framing but (laughs) um yeah i think i think but i think this idea of like genre savviness is really interesting um i'm also thinking about uh zombie land oh yeah yeah Mm -hmm. and just sort of this idea of um one of the things people joke about with the walking dead right is nobody ever says the word zombie (laughs) yeah they Mm -hmm. say like walkers and uh, creepers and I don't know. They've got mm-hmm. a bunch of weird names for them. They never say right. the word zombie. Um, so there is kind of something 
refreshing about it's like superhero movies where people know what superheroes are right Mm -hmm. um like you you are aware of what a zombie is like at this point the media is so saturated with it that we can't not have that in our mind and so the way that we are going to um react to a zombie situation like you know maybe once people were like oh i'm gonna if a zombie situation happens i'm gonna like be this huge survivalist but now there's sort of this like awareness of zombie right yeah competitions are is like a way more stiff yeah um Um, so there's you've got to kind of think through some other other ways of thinking about it um and also mm -hmm. other ways of interacting with with the genre and i feel like it also brings out a lot more comedy right like something about sort of the meta of it is comedy it's like scream right the the oh yeah Mm -hmm. sort of one of the original meta horror movies where the people are aware of what slasher films are as their living one Mm -hmm. yeah i i think that's i think that makes a lot of sense is that uh as you're like we need these like kind of one step removed films to or like these settings so that um because we've in a sense exhausted the original premise like we've exhausted um running through the woods and trying and you know like shooting your beloved grandmother because she got scratched like isn't that in uh god which i don't even remember Shaun of the dead maybe maybe but like, that was also an, an i mean yeah it's a it's a it's the classic trope like your girlfriend slash best friend slash mom slash yeah. child it's like child do you want to get dark yeah gets scratched and they're like shoot me piglet pull the trigger um (laughs) or or is that in okay was it one of the hot okay i feel like it was shot on the dead where it's like it's not me anymore anyways we're like we're past that like every everyone's like collectively agreed that like they wouldn't even hesitate (laughs) they just they just be like all right damn you know zombie got him <laughs> uh, yeah, so I guess maybe that that also adds complexity to the story because you're like, oh, they're a zombie, so they're dangerous, but they also still have some humanity. But we have to keep feeding them human flesh, so I don't know how we sort of balance that. Right, and but I, I mean, think, I mean th- that does turn them into a bit of a vampire. Like it does kind of become that story with like a few, um, you know, it's not as sexy <laughs> as a vampire. So <laughs> drinking blood's a lot better than. Um, Eating, eating brains. brains. I will say another thing I love about iZombie is they have these extended sequences um, of her making food with brain. And so you see like a brain and she'll like cut it up and she'll like um, bread it and fry it or she'll like turn it into like candy or like she's got all this stuff. Um, and then with she's a lot of hot sauce, because the other thing about zombies in that world is that they can only taste really spicy things. Mm-hmm. Uh, but sorry, that was just. It reminds right, yeah. me of the, like, Hannibal food sequences, except, like, oh, deliberately gosh. funny instead of unintentionally funny. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think, and, and you know, maybe we're getting our action, I guess maybe we're getting our action fix in a, in the form of superheroes uh, versus, mm. so, like, it, maybe this is kind of, like, the evolution of the genre is, like, we go through um, examining it from, like, an action movie lens of, like, where um of like running and gutting and trucking and fucking um and then you move into like the whole like okay but what does the society around this concept of zombies look like and 
you know, is do and I it sort of almost seems like and I think like it's gonna be difficult talking about both iZombie and <laughs> uh in the flesh, mm-hmm. uh, because they, they seem like very different. Um but it is sort of, you know, are they still concerned about immigration fears? Like are they concerned well like it's no longer a concern of like it is no longer the apocalypse narrative of like everyone's gonna die. Um, it's no longer like the immigration or the hero narrative mm-hmm. of like I'm the one person to save us from like the unthinking hordes. Um, it becomes an like I mean we're talking about like oh it's like sexually transmitted even th- if you use a condom like there's some zombies try to like go stealth by like uh, using makeup or whatever like mm-hmm. we we're getting um, these you know kind of heavy handed like. Uh, oppression metaphors and you know which is funny just because you know you already kind of see superhero like you know x-men did that very Mm -hmm. briefly before the bad x-men movie destroyed it forever um (laughs) um no i think i think you're completely on the money and like the thing is even like something like iZombie is it is taking that immigration idea too and it's just kind of flipping it a little bit right so if if the zombies are become our sort of hero heroes and heroines and our oppressed class Mm -hmm. what happens when there's a zombie city well what Uh happens is that the government builds a wall around it and Uh nobody can get out um like it's not again it's not subtle this idea um but it becomes sort of thinking thinking it through from the other end which doesn't necessarily make it like a more Okay, helpful so, metaphor but it it is it is thinking it through in a slightly different angle um, what we're what we're kind of getting at is that zombies are a way to have white people as yes uh stepping into them <laughs> i mean okay. it, i think that's that's pretty true yeah um i think they're a way to have white people sort of be the foreign other um mm-hmm. But I don't know how different that is from vampire or werewolf. Um, okay. I guess werewolf I think can, maybe... can be sort of like racialized in these kind of odd ways. Um, mm-hmm. But vampires are usually pretty white. Uh... Yeah. But I think I think what, it, what is interesting about this um, is how zombies are kind of like, if you're doing like the power level rankings, right? They're at the bottom. <laughs> um, werewolves have, you know, werewolves can, depending on the canon, right? Mm-hmm. Usually, usually they have super strength. Mm-hmm. Um, usually, sometimes they can turn into bats. Um, generally, no, no, sorry, sorry, vampires. Oh. Um, sorry, <laughs> they have super strength. Uh, vampires will fuck up like one human going at a vampire, mm-hmm. right? Alone, and like kind of the same thing for werewolves. It's like werewolves got like the wolf strength. They've got like you know. And then zombies are sort of like their whole deal is that there's a lot of them. Yeah. Um, for and like maybe sometimes they're like stronger than usual, but um, it's not like in these specific narratives, it's a like way to experience um, maybe this metaphor for oppression, uh, metaphor for like racism or sexism or uh, homophobia, uh, without hitting the kind of fundamental issues of 
this power differential that you run into when um like x-men tries to do it mm-hmm. or uh i mean i don't i'm not sure if there is like a vampires as the oppressed you know lower class thing but um exploring it to be like oh like we don't hire people like you were not a culture fit or whatever i don't know we don't hire um, non-living people <laughs> right yeah it's i like, think that ooh. does happen something like that happens in in the flesh they have like a, a word for it some sort of like medicalized term for what zombies are um, right yeah like like this you know maybe you know and and what is interesting about in the flesh from your description is that you know the government is kind of on the hook to support them like the government's responsible for giving this them this medication that they need to um take to survive uh, but simultaneously, there's not a lot being done by the government to uh, prevent their lives from being like just kind of shitty because no one trusts zombies. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like it's and, you know, what and I think it's I mean, I think this is interesting just because, you know, there's a lot of very uh, on the nose kind of, uh, you know, trans parallels in that situation, mm-hmm. you know, about like the medication, the medicalized stuff, the the passing stuff, the whatever. Um, but I mean, you could, I mean, we've already, we just talked about the way it's also, I don't know. I mean, I mean, like the thing about these metaphors, right? These, um, these like monster as oppressed class is that you can have it every way, right? You can mm-hmm. you can you can make it mean a ton of different things, and then you can ultimately sort of back away from any responsibility for that because you're like it's it's about zombies, um, yeah. And so I mm-hmm. think it's like it's tapping into these stories that we want to see told um, about you know uh, oppressed groups or about sort of struggling as a um, minority in some kind of situation. But it's doing so in a way that's never, like, going to take responsibility for that as a narrative. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, I think, like, there are, like, different levels. Like, I think in in the flesh, the fact that they, like, had the main character be gay and, like, dealing with homophobia is, like, a big part of what the show talks about. um, You know, that's that's nice. Like, I can see them thinking through some things that way. (laughs) It's still kind of a really weird show when it comes to race. And, like, it just is. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, iZombie, like... Again, I think it's thinking through um I think it's it's really into the idea of just being a fun zombie thing, but it's like reaching at so many different metaphors that it's just become this like mishmash but, of um, you know, it's a it's an HIV metaphor, but it's also an immigration metaphor, but it's also a uh you know like homophobia metaphor or whatever and it's also a reptilians metaphor yeah. um right uh-huh. or it's like and it's also this sort of like the passing Jewish... metaphor like passing uh-huh. inability to pass um mm-hmm. which is obviously like can be a, a trans metaphor or like a race metaphor or you know passing right in yeah. many ways so um mm-hmm. but you can so, kind of just be like oh but it's about zombies so don't ask right, me any right. hard questions so we're we're talking about this like fascinating uh alter flas- fascinating flip side to queer baiting which is like we have this kind of very easily tailored um one size fits all like it's an oppressed class and like they just need a few brain but like in a way that absolves uh 
creators of any right any requirement to actually engage with the culture with the lived experiences um you can sort of have like oh you know it appears that the government in this tv show just passed a bill not allowing zombies to join the military <laughs> um it's called like warm bodies only or whatever uh right and then it, don't bite um, don't tell Right, yeah, and it's just like, haha, that's a thing, and then you know, and then it's like, uh, um, but they're like, oh, we don't have to worry about like accurately representing uh, Latinx culture or act accurately rep because like they're yeah, like you said, they're just zombies. Like, mm -hmm. why are you thinking so hard about this? Uh, I mean, and then you know, it does always come back to that sort of um, the point that like ultimately these are still monsters, like. They are, they are zombies, like, they may be sort of some of the less cool monsters, but, like, they still, you know, can kill people pretty good. Um, and so what what is that doing? Like, even if you can sort of, like, fix them through medication or manage right. the symptoms or whatever you want to call it, um, you know, that, that, that still is kind of a major thing. Um, right. Which, again, the I mean, we've talked about this. We talked about this when we talked about vampires. We talked about werewolves. Like using Endlessly. these monster metaphors um, can feel very satisfying in certain ways and then can also sort of come back around and be like, but I have some issues. Right. Yeah, I mean, I think um, it's not really a surprise. We keep coming back to this topic when we talk about um, monsters as metaphors, mm -hmm. monsters as minority metaphors, because one, it comes up a lot. Um, mutants as minority metaphors. Mm -hmm. uh, what are, What's his name? Magneto did not, you know, Magneto... Uh, pro Magneto stances, yeah. but uh, but it always boils down like every single time it boils down like these aren't humans. These are um, like in the case of zombies, it's like if we have a sizable zombie population, where are you going to get the brains? Uh, if you have a bunch of vampires, where where are they going to get the blood? If you have a bunch of werewolves, how are you going to cover up the moon once a month? Um, uh yeah, and it's, I mean, I feel like it's, they're not human, and in being mm -hmm. not human, they're dangerous, right? Yeah. So it's not just that they're different beings existing in the world, it's that they're different beings who have the capacity to be extremely dangerous. Um, and and they were formerly human, and, like, all of these are, like, you know, at one point, um, I mean, and depending, again, depending on depiction, but, yeah. like, in this like genre savvy post zombie world of i zombie or in the flesh we have this whole like um zombies used to be human then they became un inhuman undead um and now we're expected to treat them as human again but like the society is large mm -hmm. um which is you know an interesting i mean it's an interesting pathway to take if considering the way that a lot of people treat um, immigrants mm -hmm. um, in that there is um, there is no real starting point which they were seen as human or equals mm -hmm. uh, which is which is like fascinating like or or perhaps or okay so you know maybe we're talking about this whole like the uh, mealy mouthed um excuses kind of thing mm -hmm. like uh if you know if Copernic like if footballers would stop kneeling if they protested less loudly if they 
um, you know, didn't uh, antagonize the police, then they would be human, but they did, so they got what was coming to them. They, in this case, obviously being the black population of the United States. Um, so we have this kind of like uh, inevitable and um, permanent revocation of the target's humanity um, phrased in a way that like almost like blames the victim for it um i don't know i'm just thinking about that with regards to like the way that werewolves vampires Mm -hmm. zombies were formerly human and it's interesting in that case it's like uh they weren't given a choice so we have these kind of like white narratives of oppression Mm -hmm. of like oh i couldn't you know i just became a zombie um please don't wave your brain at me it makes me very hungry or like you know, I am a I'm a vampire now. I didn't want to be a vampire. Oh, look at that like hot, sweet blood coursing through the pale flesh of that virgin. But you know, I'm not you know. But I'm cool. I'm cool. I got it under control. So we have this like um, the monster within. Uh, we have this like unwilling monster narratives as a way to like um, I don't know these unwilling yeah. like white monsters i mean the the thing that kind of interests me is um so i also recently read uh i was reading one of molly's papers i'm sorry for embarrassing you molly but um i was reading one of molly's papers on um uh sort of was it speculative fiction by black authors yeah Um, by black women specifically by black women um and specifically in conversation between um about uh sort of the fifth the fifth season by N.K. Jemison and um, Who Fears Death by, um, was it, was she? Nnedi Okorafor. Okorafor. Um, and specifically, both of those are narratives that deal um, profoundly and uh, at its core based around grappling with slavery and its legacy in the United States. Uh, neither of these stories kind of talk using zombies neither of like the the metaphors there are extremely extremely obvious and extremely uncomfortable and extremely damning Mm -hmm. of the way that race relations are carried out yeah in the contemporary u.s states so i guess ultimately we're coming around to the question i ask almost every episode it seems like which is are zombie narratives for cowards i mean maybe (laughs) Um, wait, right. one quick correction. Okorafor is more writing about um, African oh, sorry, history right. than uh, U.S. history. Um, okay, thank you for the correction. I had, like, it's still very much thinking through, like, race, oppression, slavery. Um, uh, but yes, are zombie metaphors for cowards? Maybe. And I think you're really onto something with this idea of, like, the the character that's, like, a half step away or a step away from human, because I think, like, the way that a lot of oppression works, right, is people, um, I don't know what people call, like, soft racism, or whatever you want to call it, where, like, people, it's the, you would be human to me, if, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah, so, absolutely. like, I think that's what we're seeing, is, like, you would be human to me if you weren't a werewolf, or, like, you would be <laughs> human to me if, if you were actually human and not a cyborg or whatever um right and so i think it is kind of this um very like a soft way of getting to that um 
that 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 way people think that um that they convince theirsel- themselves that it's not it's not that they don't see people who are different from them as being human it's just that these people really aren't human um you know right. and if only they had mm-hmm. this other thing like they would be um but yeah you're exactly right like in in the fifth season in who fears death like the the things that marginalize the characters are not I mean, it's things that are categorized as monstrosity that are emphatically not monstrous. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, and, and you know, I will, I'll, I guess, I guess I will walk back, you know, I don't think, I don't think zombie narratives are cowards. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, I think, I think, I think zombie narratives are interesting in as much as any trope is interesting. But I do. I mean, I think like we said this with vampires too. Like, you know, when when True Blood tried to pull its whole like God hates fangs thing. Like, it's just mm-hmm. it's something that needs to be it's tiresome. Under- yeah, it has something that needs to be understood and dealt with. Like, because like ultimately, you are working with like a very fascinating uh, mental concept of right. you know the 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 dead that has come back that like either eats brains or is integrated to society or whatever. Um, have you seen Pushing Daisies? Is that a zombie movie no. or a zombie show? I would not categorize that as a zombie. Okay, it's it's more of a resur- we should have, it's a resurrection. resurrection. Um, but I was gonna say, if we're thinking about sort of like grappling with race, actually grappling with issues of race and and in the zombie genre, um, a book just came out that I have not read, so I can't like say it's amazing or anything, but it sounds fascinating. Um, called Dread Nation, I think it's by Justina Ireland. Um, and it's a sort of post-Reconstruction era, um, zombie novel about a, um, basically where, when, when sort of the zombie uprising or whatever apocalypse happens, um, the, uh, like whites basically, um, protect themselves, right? And they like require the, the, the the black people to protect them and be the ones fighting the zombies. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so the main character is like a young black woman who uh, is sort of, you know, fighting zombies. And, um, and it seems like it's, it's definitely like actually thinking like, it's not just like, Oh, zombie can be a metaphor for, you know, this it's more thinking like, mm-hmm. okay, what happens if we put race in conversation with zombie? Um, right yeah that sounds really cool yeah so check it out (laughs) (laughs) um all right do you have anything else you want to say before we wrap up i'm getting real Um, exhausted so no i don't uh yeah i mean i think we're both of us are kind of once again uh molly has just finished papers i'm at the end of like a very long week so yeah but uh i don't think i have anything else i think i um I mean, I think this is a topic we could certainly revisit. I'm kind of shocked that we didn't spend any time talking about Game of Thrones. Um, I deliberately resisted the urge. Hey, good um, work. I mean, I also I'm think, impressed. like, here, I'll do my Game of Thrones spiel. Okay. I think the Game of Thrones zombies are not that interesting. Well, the zombies are not that interesting. Like, mm-hmm. they're just magic zombies. Like, there's not, like, really that much going on with them. Um, I don't think they're speaking to any, like, current... Uh, 
psychological fears or anything. They actually <laughs> feel like they're magic zombies. If you want to talk about yeah. the White Walkers, that's a different deal. They're mm-hmm. weird. And then if you want to start you... talking about like the potential other zombies, well, we talked about John and Resurrection and all that. Yeah, so, yeah. I think um, I think that was like the interesting interesting bit. So you know, like if you want to talk about like, are there some water zombies? Probably not. But the books make it seem like maybe. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, what what would the White Walkers fit in under? Um, I, I evil alien masters. I think I think of them as being like a kind of fairy, like the really scary kind of fairy. Oh, um, cool! Like yes, the fae. Yeah, the fae. Like, mm-hmm. um, I think that's like the closest equivalent I can get for what they are. That would be cool. I mean, I think that would be an interesting episode for um to talk about fae. I mean, I think, and you know what, I feel like. Popular culture has, you know, there's a lot. There's a lot of stuff to do with regards to like the spooky, inhuman, playful fae characteristics. Yeah. I guess maybe we need to like turn it into science somehow, like some <laughs> kind of Stargate situation where they're aliens from an alternate universe, oh, Earth, God. who who like steal children and you know fear cold iron or whatever. Sounds good. um um yeah so i mean have you anything to report on your end for uh things you've been reading i I mean i've been reading and working on papers so that's kind (laughs) of been it i wrote three papers this semester total of about 50 pages um just over probably hopefully some of them are good well We'll see what my professors have to say. Um, <laughs> other than that, it's really not been. Um, there hasn't really been time for anything else, so oh, that's yeah, it. But that's... I am done now, and I, I mean, I still have work to do. You know, other work such as the life of a grad student, but um, but it is nice to be done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm hoping that you're going to get your well-deserved rest. Um, on my end, um, I. Let's say I talked about Nomon last uh, podcast, which I really liked. Um, I just finished Space Opera by Catherine uh, Valenti. Oh, yeah. How was it? It was really good. I think the the ending was, you know, maybe not, uh, maybe a little bit rushed, mm-hmm. but I think it's, it's, it's very, like, it's kind of clearly spiritually influenced by Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Mm-hmm. But I think in many ways, it's like very sharp, very modern. So Space Opera is um, a Eurovision-inspired um, science fiction book where humanity is discovered by like the um, like the alien commonwealth or whatever. Uh, but um, they have, humanity has to prove that they're sentient. And the way they can prove they're sentient is by not placing last in a singing competition um, uh, yeah, so in front of... It's taking the... the term space opera like very literally do you think that's Absolutely. literally how she came up with it she was like space opera what if <laughs> i wouldn't be surprised um the things that people like about hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy um are kind of like the the weird aliens like the human like the uh, cultural wry cultural humor um and that's like definitely there in spades and it's a very fast read so if you if you like that kind of like British humor, British absurdity, absurdity, uh, or the space opera genre, um, please or Eurovision. feel free to check it out. <laughs> or Eurovision, right? Yeah, like please feel free to check it out. Like it's it's not a huge spoiler, but like 
the main character is like self-described as like a like a omnisexual and like does get pregnant. Um, so he's, uh, I don't know. I mean, I think <laughs> I think it's just really. I think it's it was a fun read. Um, Sounds cool. Yeah, and then of course you know they sing their hearts out <laughs> and. Uh, um. Did you, this is not really related, but did you see that Anne Leckie is writing a fantasy novel? Oh, yeah. She's starting a fantasy trilogy, yeah, isn't she? Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, there are a lot of um, really big books coming out. Um, yeah, I'm interested in seeing Anne Leckie's fantasy trilogy. I'm super excited about uh, Trader Barrel Cormorant's next book. Oh, yeah, you uh, really liked that, I remember. <laughs> yeah, um, that one's coming out this year. Anyways. Lots of books. Endless books. Endless they're, books. They're never going to stop. Unfortunately, I have to read a bunch of theory all summer, so. Yeah. And, oh, and I, I started watching Westworld, but Molly has, isn't caught up, so I can't, uh, I can't reveal the fact that there are double robots on the show Oh, yet. my God. Uh, I know. The hosts are like, you're, like, I thought your host is like, no, and they, like, pull off their skin and they're human underneath. Whoa. Um, it's like, it's I just this crazy honestly, twist. I wouldn't be surprised, honestly, at this point. <laughs> um. Yeah, so hopefully I will catch up to Westworld at some point and we can finally talk about like robots and stuff, but Right. There there's there's a lot of real questionable theme park running decisions happening in Westworld. I can tell you that. I I've, um, I've picked that much up already. Yeah, so okay, this this is not a spoiler, but you know how like the Okay, wait, hold on. I guess we should wrap up this yes. Okay, first. let's wrap up, and then you can gossip to me about a show that I'm way behind on. Um, so uh-huh. this has been Story Guts. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at, at Story Guts Cast. Um, you can follow us individually as well. I am at the Molly Jean. That's the M-O-L-L-Y-J-E-A-N-N-E. Um, and you can follow me at Alice Lai, uh, which is a uh, at Alonculus, which is A L O N K U L O U S. Um, uh, and is that right? Yeah, that's right. I mean, okay, it's your cool. Twitter handle, but I'm pretty sure it's right. <laughs> um, and please, yeah, like if you have any suggestions, questions, uh, just add us. We'll get back to them. Yeah. Be back to you. All I do is spend uh, time on Twitter procrastinating, so. Yeah, all I do is spend time on Twitter finding out that, you know, whatever this latest Yeezy thing is. Nope, let's not even. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so, yeah, that's us on Twitter. Um, you know, rate and rate, subscribe, well, like. Recommend this to your recommend, friends. Recommend, uh, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> Um, and thank you very much for listening. Yeah, thanks for sticking with us. Um, and stay hungry. Well, I lost my head.